Honestly, I love bees. But by the end of this module, you're going to know that I think ants are awesome. It's a real pleasure today to be speaking to Jane Stout. Jane is a professor in botany in the School of Natural Sciences at Trinity College, Dublin. She leads the Plant-Animal Interactions Research Group and is Ireland's leading expert on bees and pollination ecology. She is co-founder of the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan and deputy chair of its steering group, as well as co-founder and chair of the board of directors of the Irish Forum on Natural Capital. Welcome, Professor Jane Stout. Hi, Jane. Um, it's lovely to have you on the Nature Magic podcast. Uh, where are we talking to you from today? Hi, Mary. It's, it's lovely to be here. I am in sunny Bray, County Wicklow, uh, working from home as I have been since 12th of March. And do you want to explain to the listeners what you do in your different roles? I know one of your roles is chair of the Irish Forum on Natural Capital but I think you have a few different hats as well. Yes, I, ha I have several hats. So I suppose my first hat uh, is one that I'm paid to do. So I'm a professor in botany in Trinity College, Dublin. Um, and as that, that, that role obviously is, is an academic role. So it means that I do research. I lead a research group, um, the Plant-Animal Interactions Research Group in, in Trinity. Um, and I teach. So I teach undergraduate and postgraduate students. Um, and I do uh, administration and, and academic service. So that's my that's my my day job. Um, on top of that, I am, as you mentioned, I'm the, the chair of the board of directors for the Irish Forum on Natural Capital. This was something we formed about six years ago, um, really in, in response to, I suppose, a frustration that post 2008, 2009 um, economic um, downfall and recession and all the rest of it, um, is that the economy just really wasn't taking nature into account. And, and so that's, I think that's, we started to, to, to try to use this language in order to try and get an appreciation for nature into uh, audiences that, that really weren't listening. The first time I met you was at the wonderful biodiversity conference. That was amazing. Yeah, that was just an incredible two days. And we'd worked hard to bring people together from all different sectors and to really, you know, give this message of how important nature is to all of us. Yeah. Um, you know, when people talk about value, they often immediately think about financial value. And what we're trying to get across is that, you know, it's it's not all about money. Um, it's not all about putting a price on nature. Um, it's about recognizing and valuing all the values of nature. So whether that's a spiritual value or an inspirational value um, or, or, or something that's uh, indirect and, and something that can't be sold on the market. They're all, they're all still values. So we're really trying to, to get across that, that nature, that, that biodiversity is important to all of us in our daily lives, um, as well as being amazing and wonderful and, and worthy of protection in its own right. Um, and that was just an incredible conference. Yeah, President Higgins. And his yeah. wonderful quote, if you weren't there, um, I'm not sure if it was at the end of his speech, but it was so inspiring. It was like a big, long poem. And he said that if we were miners, we'd be knee deep in canaries. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. He, was, he was very impassioned. That was wonderful. So, so that's um, and another one of my roles then is, is to try and, and, and get the value of nature into decision making. Um, and then I suppose the third hat that I wear is in terms of the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan. Uh, and I was one of the co-founders of the plan and I, I'm the deputy of the 
uh, the steering group. Um, and this is an all-island initiative to try and conserve pollinators to create an island where pollinators can thrive and survive. So really um, to encourage positive conservation actions, to raise awareness, um, to, to do the research, which is you know, where my, my, my day job comes in, um, and to, to, to track change um, uh, you know, in, in terms of what people are doing and in terms of how the insects are responding. Um, so today is, is World Bee Day. Um, <laughs> so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, so, so it's, it's a great day to be talking about nature. It is, and we're, um, you can become a member of the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan as a business, which the Borough Nature Sanctuary is, or as an yeah. individual, and it's been so successful. Uh, it's really, um, it's in the tidy towns, uh, uh, schools, businesses, it's really been sort of spread out of, around the country and it's doing yeah. really, really well. It's really um, been, it's actually the support for it has been overwhelming and phenomenal. It's something we never really envisaged, you know, five, six years ago when we, we started putting this together. It's been fabulous. And so now we're, we're at the stage of wrapping up from phase one and looking forward to phase two. Fabulous. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes and please everybody go on and have a look at the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan. The podcast is to introduce people to the wider audience um, and just find out a little bit about you. So how did you become a nature lover? Um, I guess my, my parents and grandparents were, were into nature and gardening. Um, you know, I was very lucky. I grew up in a little village in the countryside. My bedroom window looked out across fields. Um, my mom used to teach me the, the names of the wildflowers. My dad would, would teach me the names of the birds. We'd go for walks in the woods. Um, so I guess, you know, through that upbringing, I, 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 um, without knowing became a nature lover um, and I think it, it, it really sort of cemented for me when I started studying biology uh, for A-level at school and we went on an ecology field course and it just it kind of started to blow my mind and then I went to university studied environmental sciences um, and it wasn't really until the, the end of, of my degree that I really fixed on ecology and insects in particular um, and, and this, this love of nature. And, and it's just, it's sort of grown gradually. You know, I talked to quite a lot of my uh, professional colleagues and they talk about when they were children, they would be out in the garden chasing insects and putting them in jam jars and, you know, taking a close look at them. And I didn't really do any of that. It was much more subconscious, my love of nature. And it, I think it's just grown and grown as, I, as I've grown up. That's so lovely. And people can't see, obviously, because they're listening, but Jane is wearing a wonderful bee t-shirt today <laughs> for National Bee Day. International, um, it's World Bee Sorry, Day. International, <laughs> International Bee Day. Um, so we, have, we put up a hive um, a couple of weeks ago at the Borough Nature Sanctuary. We also have um, solitary bees, uh, but um, we've put in a frame of honey to see if we can tempt any bees to come and lodge with us. So what yeah. are you doing or what's happening for the International Bee Day in Ireland? Oh, lots and lots. So we were due to hold a big conference. So there was supposed to be a big uh, international conference for pollinator conservation running today and tomorrow in uh, Limerick. Um, as part of, we, we were working with Limerick um, City Council as part of the um, their, their year-long uh, celebrations um, for nature. Um, obviously, that had to be cancelled. We postponed it to, to next year. 
Um, so what we're doing instead is just trying to spread the word on social media. So our, our partners, our pollinator plan partners are uh, spreading uh, messages. The National Biodiversity Data Center that implements the pollinator plan is, is, is you know, on social media and tweeting. And we've got um, articles in, in um, newspapers and things. Um, we are doing a policy webinar this afternoon. Um, we've been publishing blogs. And yeah, so we've, we've just been really trying to get the word out there. Um, and you know, with with the, a lot of people in lockdown in their gardens, with this absolutely beautiful sunny weather, um, are outside. They're noticing nature more. They're noticing bees. I'm getting lots of questions. You know, even I had a text from my mum yesterday showing showing a little video of her bee hotel in her garden uh -huh. and asking questions about the solitary bees and you know how many of them nest in each tube and why do they block the ends up and what's the life cycle. So it's it's yeah, it's wonderful. It's just about sharing knowledge and, and getting people inspired and to really recognise, you know, that it's not just all about honeybees. Um, that we have a whole diversity of bees out there. There's 20,000 species worldwide with 100 species in Ireland. Um, and they, you know, then maybe not as well known or not as obvious as the honeybees, but they're doing really important work for us, you know, in terms of their pollinating and, you know, really important to, to natural ecosystems, to, to gardens, to, to agricultural systems, to orchards and, and horticulture. Um, and also they're, they're, they're amazing and fascinating and wonderful Absolutely. to look at um, and to find out about. So, yeah, we're just so trying to, to spread the love. <laughs> spread the love for bees. So is it one, one solitary bee per tube or do a couple uh, of them oh, go? Oh, see, now I, I didn't know the answer. So I think, I think it's one well, individual I'm sure, I'm sure I can find the answer here because I have this wonderful book in front of me called The Bee Book, which is a Dorling Kindersley yeah. um, book. Um, the Wonder of Bees, How to Protect Them and Beekeeping Know-How. And one of the main people who did it was Fergus Chadwick, who actually came to the Borough Nature Sanctuary to study the solitary bees here um, because we have so, we will, we have a, it's all organic and we have a 15 acre wildflower orchid rich meadow and he was doing a project on bees and orchids and pollination so mm -hmm. it was just he was just so interesting um this book i'd really recommend as well do you feel you have a favorite plant or animal oh that's that's a hard question i mean i think you know i um, I, I'm I, I'm a, an advocate for insects. I mean, there's you know I can't say I've got a favourite. There's millions of insects, different species, but they're really the underappreciated animals. Um, you know, they're the most diverse group of animals on the planet. There's more insects than anything else. They're incredibly, incredibly diverse, successful in every ecological niche, in every habitat on every continent. Um, and they, they do so much, you know, they, they've been described as the little things that run the world. And, and, and that's absolutely right. They're important, we know, for pollination, but also in terms of controlling populations of maybe pests or, or um, uh, 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 plants or, or other insects. Um, they're really important in terms of recycling nutrients. Uh, they're really important in terms of um, population regulation, in terms of you know, disease transfer and stuff. So and insects are, are, are amazing, incredible, diverse and important. But I suppose, you know, I've got to say my favourite insects are the bees and especially the bumblebees. I did my PhD on the foraging ecology of bumblebees um, and of the bumblebees, probably Bombus pascorum, which is the common carder bee. And I think it's just because this is just one of these quiet, industrious, gets on with it, 
does everything kind of a bee. Um, and yeah. Lovely. So let, let's all look out for that one as well. <laughs> and I think people really underestimate the intelligence of insects. And we can go on and on about um, bees and also ants. Um, I could oh, yeah. every time I go around the nature walk with a different specialist because they all come here because they love nature. And mm-hmm. I was with an ant specialist, which I think is a myrmecologist. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, anyway, so we found an anthill and he said, oh yes, that's probably 500 years old, which was the first thing that blew my mind wow. by the size of it. And he said, look at the way they're gardening the herbs on the hive. Mm-hmm. So there was thyme, there was sage, um, there was uh, marjoram on the hive, but they had actually clipped it short so you could see they were gardening it and they mm-hmm. were using it to um, keep the hive healthy as a antiseptic. So wow. um, who knew the, gar- the ants were gardening? It's quite unbelievable, oh, isn't ants it? Ants are just incredible. And I, I teach entomology to the third years in Trinity. And oh, um, it's, uh, you know, I, I start off my module and I say to them, you know, I'm obviously, I love bees, but by the end of this module, you're going to know that I think ants are awesome because they're, they're incredible. Their societies, the things they do, the organization, the communication, um, the interactions with other organisms, just absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah, yeah, and I think these little stories, um, I often tell the kids on the school tours about the ants gardening, and that really brings the insects to life for people. Yeah. And I'm also yeah. banging on about macro photography, but I think it does help for little things to bring them. Absolutely. And I think that's why, you know, um, insects in general are unappreciated is because you really have to get close to them uh, to get a good look at them. Um, yes. and, and then you can see how wonderful and fascinating they are, you know, whereas in the past we've been exposed to larger animals that are easier to see and easier to film and photograph. I think now, as, as, as you say, macro photography and, and uh, being able to share media online, I think you know, more people are starting to appreciate insects, which is wonderful. Yes, and everybody can take a really close-up photo with their iPhone. So, and then know, it's amazing, that. isn't it? so that's really helping, I think. Um, the mm-hmm. next question is, do you feel spiritually connected to nature or have you had a spiritual experience that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're, all, we're all, I mean, we're a part of nature, aren't we? And we're all connected to nature. Um, and there's been, you know, there's been research that's shown that, that psychologically being in nature can, can give people a sense of peace, as, you know, well-being. And, and for me, myself, you know, certainly the joy you get from being in nature, um, particularly for me anyway, on a sunny day um, outside, just, you know, and I think during this um, lockdown period has really brought home to me how um, how important that is and, and how privileged I am to be able to go outside, uh, to be able to enjoy the local nature, which is stunning and wonderful, um, and to just you know get that sense of refreshment, uh, of enjoyment, um, and and of wonder and inspiration. So yeah, I think I think that's all that's all a spiritual connection, um, and that's something that, that as humans um, we've had for for, for millennia, um, and that maybe is is less well appreciated these days. I think a lot yeah. of people feel it, um, but don't mm. want to speak about it because 
Um, well, they, they might think, well, I'm talking about the science and, you know, I have to put down the facts and everything yeah. like that. But I think, you know, there is the science now that shows that, um, you know, things like um, stress hormones, uh, the level of stress hormones in your body is reduced if you're exposed to nature. So that's, you know, there's the science telling you that your body yeah. is acting in a good way. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's one of the things that we've we've been keen to emphasize when talking about the value of nature is there's absolutely no way you can put a, a, a monetary value on that feeling you get from being in nature um, but many people who you know you know colleagues who are nature lovers um, and and you know they all talk about this 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 wonder this joy of being in nature um, and it's probably why we ended up in the professions that we're in um, but it, yeah. it's 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 it would it would be lovely if everybody could could feel a bit more connection to nature and a bit more appreciation for it. Yeah, I think you're right about, and we're privileged. Obviously, we are as well to be in the countryside, and it's so important to bring people that don't have that privilege out into nature and give them opportunities yeah. for um, accessing. That's what we're trying to do here. Um, Absolutely, and and you know, as, as you know yourself, it's in terms of when you when you point things out and explain things, and people have a little bit more knowledge that's when they can start to say, wow, I didn't realise that. Oh, that's quite cool. And, you know, so, so education is so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. As I, as I said it before, you know, you can't fall in love with somebody you haven't met. So, you know, yes. <laughs> it's to bring people to meet nature and then absolutely you know, love it. And then they learn to, you know, wish to conserve it as well. Absolutely, um, yeah. So what positive actions could you suggest that people maybe as individuals um, could do to support nature at the moment or even as groups or whatever you think? Well, I think, I mean, the great thing is that everybody can do something. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes we're overwhelmed by some of these environmental challenges, you know, that climate change is a global problem. What can I as an individual do? And if I do something, you know, how do I see the result of it? I think with, with nature, you, you, you can do something uh, and you can see the results. So I think one of the first things to do is to do less. Uh, so leave space for nature, let nature do its thing. So, so, you know, we talk about saving the planet and saving nature that's all going to be grand. You know, humans can be long gone. The planet's still going to carry on. There's still going to be some kind of nature. It might be different. Um, so it's not that we need to save it. It's that we need to leave room for it. and We need to um, protect the, the diversity of the ecosystems that we have. Um, so I think, you know, the first thing is, is, is do less. Um, and that's something we've been promoting through the pollinator plan in terms of um, mowing, uh, you know, um, in terms of leaving grass to grow a bit longer, leaving room for nature in, in, your, in your garden. Um, and the other thing, I think, you know, coming back to this idea of taking account of nature in decision making. So in terms of positive actions, everybody's making decisions all the time. Uh, every day they're making decisions about what they're doing, what they're buying, uh, how they're behaving. Um, and we need to take nature into account in that decision making and, and recognize the value of nature and, and realize that sometimes uh, the price that we pay isn't reflecting the cost of whatever it is that we're, we're purchasing. And so I think, you know, changing the economic system so that we take into account um, the, the the value of nature, I think, is something that's that's really important. Um, and as I say, you know, that's in terms of our everyday decision making, we can we can take nature into account in in the way that we behave every day. Yeah, and I think we've had a lot of time to think about that as well, because now we're only doing essential things, 
And yeah. you know, I find now that it's probably not essential for me to go and get highlights again in my hair. So <laughs> I'm probably not going to bother because it's been fine. <laughs> um, but you're right. I think this period of, of you know, thinking about what's essential and what's not, uh, hopefully will result in, in some more environmentally friendly behaviours and attitudes as we come out of this, this, this period. I think so. And if you, what decision would you like the government to make um, for nature? Have you one thing top of the list? Um, I think it's this, you know, taking nature into account. I think it's really, you know, bringing nature into decision making. Um, you know, we have some wonderful uh, laws and legislation around nature. They need to be properly implemented and enforced. Um, and we need to, every decision needs to bring nature into account. I think, you know, with the, the EU Green Deal, um, the, the EU Green Deal now says that every policy should seek to enhance natural capital. I mean, that's just saying every policy needs uh. to think about conservation of nature which I think is a fabulous um, statement to make we now need to see that implemented um, at the policy level so yeah I, I want nature taken into account yeah so we, took, we probably need somebody to check a green person there to say hang on a second I just checked that it's not taking nature into account do it again <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely no I think I think that's true yeah so um, do you have any favourite or inspiring nature books that you'd like to tell people about? Yeah, I, I, I don't have a single favourite, um, oh. but I, I've, I've got a few here. I mean, I think, you know, through my childhood, I'm saying, you know, I grew in the countryside and, and looking back at what I read as a child, a lot of the books would have involved children playing in nature you know a lot of a lot of the um the stories I like to read involve nature and I suppose um in terms of, of of then kind of pop science books while I was doing my degree I read Richard Dawkins um The Selfish Gene and The Blind Watchmaker and they really blew my mind in terms of evolution and behavior um, and and you know really helped me to think about how that happens um, other books that uh, I love are, are ID guides. So I love to be able yes. to understand what I'm looking at. So I love Zoe Devlin's Irish Wildflowers, oh, yes. Hawks, Bees of Britain and Ireland. Um, and two books that I'm reading right now. I have the wonderful book um, uh, written by a Swedish lady whose name I hope I don't mangle too much in the pronunciation, but her name is Anne Sverdrup. Thigerson, uh, and she has this lovely book called Extraordinary Insects, uh, which is absolutely wonderful. Um, and I've also just started reading um, a book called The Solitary Bees, uh, which is uh, by Brian Danforth uh, and co-authors, uh, which is just a most amazing text about these, these bees that are very much uh, unappreciated and, and relatively uh, less known about compared to you know the social bees the honeybees the bumblebees um so yeah there's lots of amazing books out there there's just a few that I can think of this morning uh, that's fantastic I'll put all the links in the show notes um I'm really really enjoying the, all the book recommendations and I can't wait to get a couple of those ones as well um it's also it's biodiversity week this week isn't mm -hmm. it it and is so, indeed, yeah. And it's lovely to see all the pictures being shared from the different wildlife groups, like the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group, a whale a day uh, on social media, and then you've got the Irish Wildlife Trust sharing pine martens and things like that. So we almost live in our own little social bubbles, don't we? My Twitter feed has been wonderful this week, full of, um, full of uh, pictures of nature and celebrating it biodiversity uh, and especially today you know with world bee day it's 
uh, it, it's great and it's I think it's by biodiversity day uh, is on Friday yes and, you know it's thinking about uh, all of nature um, and you know I'm a terrestrial person I'm, I, I'm always thinking about nature on land uh, my husband's a marine ecologist and so you know it's the land and the sea and the interactions it's also important Oh, perfect match. <laughs> so, yes, on Friday, I'm going to do um, a YouTube walk around the nature walk and just see what's, see what's blooming and put that up for Biodiversity Day. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. So if you had a magic wand, do you have anything you could think of you'd like to do for the planet right now? If I could do anything, I think it would be for everyone to appreciate nature and its value. Um, you know, it's, it's, nature is wonderful. It's the result of millions of years of research and development, uh, and it's our life support system. Um, and I really just, just would love to see a stop to the destruction of nature. And as I've said before, you know, to have nature um, taken into account in, in all of our decisions so that it's restored and protected um, so yeah, just just a little ask. <laughs> that, that would be my wish. Okay, granted. Thank you. <laughs> if only it was that easy. Hey? It was so easy. Um, oh, thank you so much. You're so inspiring. Um, it's lovely listening to you. And thank you so much for all the work, uh, especially on the Irish Forum on Natural Capital, which we can follow on Twitter and all the social channels. So. Thank you very much, Jane, for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Thank you, Mary. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Nature Magic podcast. Please feel free to get in touch for any reason whatsoever. We would love to hear suggestions as to who you would like to hear speaking on the podcast or any other questions. I will put my email in the show notes. Please visit the Borough Nature Sanctuary website at www bns.ie and follow us on Facebook and Instagram to find out all about us. We welcome contributions towards our conservation projects and animal adoptions. Links to these can be found on the website shop page and we also sell some beautiful locally sourced Irish gifts such as wild Atlantic seaweed baths, avoca rugs and Irish fairy tales. We have gift cards for entrance when we are open again. All support is greatly appreciated. We will be back next Monday. Stay safe.